0: See you. I don't need to see you, but this is your Chester man cave. That's wicked.
1: Well, I just give you a flavour of, of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've put my smock on just to get into character. The smock, obviously, was the, the co-star of my first book. This Absolutely. is the item that saw me to fifty Chester matches.
0: Oh, mazel Tov. That's almost as many gigs by the fall that you've been to.
1: Very close, actually, yeah. Hang on, how do you know all this? We will talk away. about... Um,
0: it's not spying if it's on your Twitter account, I'm afraid. You can do me for many things, Research. but not looking at your Twitter account.
1: The cricket's is over. <laughs> I've got a bit, a bit of snooker in the background. I'll turn the sound down. Um, <laughs> I think there's, there's some football at 5.55, but uh, nothing crucial. I, I yeah, know. I know
0: there's football at 5 to 6, because I used to work at that shift. I worked for a European football organisation. I can't give you the name. But I would a clean, watch a six o'clock. Of one. I'll, I'd watch a six o'clock game and an eight o'clock game, and sometimes I'd watch two games at once. And I'd have to go on europeanfootballorganisation.com dot com and fill in the blogs. Um, and I hope that one day Chester FC will be there
1: in Europe. Uh, probably not in my lifetime. <laughs>
0: hey, I don't know. Maybe if you win the Johnson's Paint or the Papa Johns, you can get well, they've, into they've the Conference in a, League.
1: They've played in the Welsh Cup before. That's oh, a route yeah. into Europe.
0: But one of the things you put in your Twitter bio is that you're a Chester FC ultra. And, yeah, uh, I
1: put that in recently. I'm not sure what an ultra is. There's not a hint of violence involved in that, except that isn't the case. I think
0: it's, you base your entire life on the club. You know how these, these like Mr. DT is a professional Arsenal fan, and by God, I hope Arsenal lose tonight. Who are they playing? They're playing Benfica, but they've gotten away goal. So if Benfica score, they need to score. And if Benfica scores twice, they're in trouble. But that's the game that you could be watching at five to six. Have you made your choice for six o'clock?
1: Well, I watch them all. Had you read Ball of Sport, I I multi-screened a lot.
0: Oh, I heard an interview you did with Talk Sport. And we'll start with this. Uh, This This is for your recent book, Wall of Sport, which came out at the end of last year. A year when most first people have December, spent a year think, yeah. watching sport on television. Uh, you said you put an iPad at the end of the bath, you get out of the bath, I imagine you get out <laughs> of the bath, and you've got a projector set up.
1: Yeah, that's quite a new addition. Uh, new um, the book preceded the projector, so they brought the projector kind of uh, first lockdown. Oh, it's, it's a game changer. Obviously, it'll be dark by six o'clock, so I can stick one of the games on the projector, another one on the TV, maybe like a, a tertiary one on a laptop somewhere. And then just watch none of them, just to, to scroll through Twitter on my phone that is while the, the control's going.
0: You noted that as well, and that's completely true. It is impossible to watch football nowadays without a second screen. Before I got rudely uh, yelled at online, I would do this thing called Hornet hyperbole, where I would inveigle myself into various Watford fans' Twitter uh feeds and just say can you prove what you're saying or i'd call them an idiot or i'd say why do you think that or give me three examples of players we should sign or well will you i said i will give you 10 obbles if i can prove that you said that six months ago when we were doing well yes this this new book and we will talk about your first book the card colon every match every mile an award-nominated book which lost out to what book
1: Oh Christ! I can't remember. Oh no, was it the split decision, wasn't it? Was it a boxing book and a book about a kid who swam the Channel? Yeah, Not that a sounds... sport, an act of cruelty. Mm. Uh, I was—I mean, I wasn't going to argue with the boxer. He looked pretty tasty. But this—um—this um, this Channel swimmer, I mean, I mean, amazing. Almost, arguably, a greater achievement than going to fifty non-league games. But um, a sport. Not sure.
0: It's an adventure a, sport. It's just
1: staying afloat, isn't it? Yeah, it's like kayaking. Competitive or staying afloat. I
0: hmm. mean,
1: yeah, it's, just, it's just staying alive at that stage. <laughs> where's, where's the sport?
0: And then, of course, when you stay alive, you get a medal. So, show us your medals. Oh yeah, I stayed alive after that. Stayed alive after that. Yeah. Did some snooker. Who's snooker? Who's on the screen?
1: Yeah, we've currently got Kyron Wilson is 3-2 uh, up against the Australian Neil Robinson, who's got some wild lockdown hair. He just looks like a surfer.
0: He had wild hair before. Is this not the time of the shootout? Has the shootout been cancelled this year?
1: Shootout has been, no, the shootout from the Watford Coliseum has been gone. Uh, yeah, a, a, a kind of low-end addition to the, to the snooker calendar, the shootout. I it's, worked uh, that shift.
0: <laughs> I worked that shift. Oh, the Coliseum is over there. And I worked the 2019 shootout. I, I served tea to Alan McManus. I gave spare change to Barry Hawkins. The, uh, or was it... Who's, yeah, the, who's the bald
1: Haw- guy with Haw- the team? Hawkins is just, uh, yeah, Hawkins has just gone through, I think. And I think he went through yesterday. I just watched it on catch-up.
0: I didn't see um, Ronnie, and, and I, was, I was able to... I saw unknown who won that year. Um, and the atmosphere is crazy. It's, it's not snooper think- as we know it.
1: I was thinking. I said in my book, it's just like a youth club has got a new snooker table. Yeah. Um, Every every year I put on Twitter, Ray Reardon must be spinning in his grave, Mm -hmm. and people go, "He's not dead. He's not dead." Yes, he famously looks like a vampire. That's the (laughs) joke. See you this time next year.
0: Someone. (laughs) I mean,
1: you know, hopefully.
0: Someone complimented your jokes in these books, and this is this is in the tradition of some of my favourite writers, like Johnny Nick. And uh, particularly here, Dave Roberts and Nigel Tassel. So, I guess you're part of the crew who deal with lower league football, Dave Roberts, famous Bromley fan whom you may have come across.
1: Uh, I haven't got his book, but Nigel Tassel did kindly send me uh, the bottom corner, which I think I read. I think I might have read it after I'd written mine because I didn't want to write the same book. Or maybe I read it before to make sure I didn't write the same book. Yeah, that, that is kind of the non-league bible, really, the bottom corner.
0: Yeah, in the same way that the uh, far, well, the far corner as well.
1: Yeah, who's that? Is, uh, I haven't read it down. That's the northeast guy, isn't it?
0: It is. Yes.
1: Yeah, you, I'm not a big reader, to be honest, Johnny. i not really sure, That's
0: sure. not true. I've got it on record no. that you told Max uh, Rushton that you read yeah. about ten books last summer. Yeah,
1: when well, you like football, and every Christmas comes around, and uh, you know, you go to whatever the. Brother-in-law, go, yeah, you, you like the soccer, don't you? Yeah, it's another football book. And then, you yeah, they go, oh, brilliant, great, thanks, that. And it goes on the shelf and you never touch it. And then, obviously, the world stops and the sun comes out. And, yeah, I just sat and ploughed through. I mean, a lot of the books i have got, like, you know, the complete history of British football. But his, his algorithm did get better. The one, what was the one I read? The Barney Roney, the, the World Cup one. How yeah, how England came.
0: nearly um, won it. Yeah, that's super. Barney's fantastic.
1: I tore through that along with, yeah, every Christmas gift for the last 10 years, I did read during March of last year, it
0: feels like. That's a sabbatical.
1: So, yeah, c- kind of got up to speed on uh, on book reading.
0: Well, the first thing I did was load up Football Manager um, and get lost in that yep. again, like a comfort blanket. But, of course, for well, the last year... not go near that. For the last year, I have been reading football literature and talking to, as it stands, 105 authors there is a very low proportion oh. of women and non-white people that's the market and
1: <laughs> i'm afraid i'm neither of those
0: it is it is and i guess it's like fans of the fall you tend to be of a certain age and a certain skin pigmentation and a certain gender is that a fair thing to say
1: i think, just uh i'm not sure this is relevant but the best description i heard of of A fall audience, it was like survivors of a plane crash (laughs) just kind of stood in shock, (laughs) not really got any relation to each other.
0: One of the books that I haven't read yet, but I read about it when it came out, is Dave Simpson's book. Dave Simpson is in the football library because he wrote The Last Champions about the 91 2 Leeds team. But his book, where he tried to locate every person Marquis Smith had sacked, including his ex wife, from the fall.
1: Yeah, The Fall, and that's one of the few books about The Fall I haven't read. I've got, uh, I only really buy books about The Fall or possibly Joy Division. Football books I just seem to acquire, they just get given to me. Mm.
0: Have you but, read um, Renegade, just... perchance?
1: Yeah, I've got that uh, on my shelf, yeah, I read that, I think I read it twice. I read it once and thought, I'll just read that again.
0: That is, of course, uh, the yeah, memoir that... of the late Mark
1: Smith. Yeah, and a friend of mine used to live with the guy who ghost wrote it. So Marky Smith would just come round and just just talk absolute nonsense, and then just wander off. So very, very polite, apparently. I mean, I, I have met Smith. I did interview Smith a couple of years ago. Oh, in what interview? To? I mean, for as like a retro music man called Viva La Rock. I've heard of started it. writing of Just for uh, just purely just grooming them for years to get the Marky Smith into you. and it finally happened. And um, yeah, it was it was everything you want. You know, he he didn't turn up and uh, you know, said, "Oh look, can we do this in five hours' time?" did turn up and then just are we going into town are we going into town alright let's just go into town and then uh, yeah just went out on the, on the piss with him really in Manchester
0: who was uh, it Chaos, Adam, Chaos Adam Boxing, Frank Skinner and Marquis e. Smith Smith uh, had a similar kind of meeting and Frank managed to get it was for the culture show on the BBC
1: yeah, um, yeah I know it well yeah
0: yes I didn't get John Peel. I was too young. And by the time Peel died, I was sixteen. I got Mark Radcliffe instead, who was like Peel once removed. But
1: yeah, it's like who's handed on the baton to an extent. Yeah.
0: In fact, I think but, we're yeah. speaking we're speaking in on the twentieth near the twentieth anniversary of BBC Six Music, or as I call it, Radio Peel. Um, would you say the spirit of John Ravenscroft um, goes through your work?
1: I think so. Yeah. I was obviously a big Peel listener. Um, I'm not showing sure my work really. Yeah, certainly that's that's my, my musical influences. Yeah, complete cliche. I first heard the Fall on Eel, and <laughs> I thought that's awful. And heard a few more, thought oh, quite interesting. And then uh, fifty gigs later, yeah, I think I, I think I got them.
0: They wear you down. When did you first see them?
1: Uh, I first saw the Fall in nineteen ninety in the hacienda, which was pretty tense. It was just mm. um, was this just... the
0: cocaine years of the hacienda.
1: I'm kind of at the peak or the tail end of the, of the kind of dance he is, yeah. But mm. they, still, they were still putting gigs on. I was too scared to go to, like, a proper Hacienda night, but I, I went to see a gig there, yeah. I, I, think I it was just one of the most antagonistic things I've ever oh, seen. Oh, I can
0: bet. It's like bear baiting. Now, I walked past <laughs> what are now it's now the Hacienda, which is a flat, But Yes. Yeah, it was when Manchester was the the centre of the world. How close to uh, Deansgate did you grow up?
1: Uh, I, well, I grew up in chester in the 80s hence my uh support i went to to manchester university in 89 which is quite a good time for quite a good time for music all all these lads from the home counties would get dropped off by their parents in brown Audis and a garfield t-shirt and a a week later (laughs) just have a pair of flares on and a a badly rolled spliff and a beanie hat (laughs) and uh Suddenly they're walking differently with a a strange mank accent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Badly rolled spliff, by the way. That's my favourite Damon Gough tribute act. (laughs) Right, yes. That's all you're getting. Um, Wall of Sports uh, is the book we'll talk about in the second half, but we'll do Chester City now because you've shown me your Chester cave. You have four shirts behind you. You also have the copies of the books behind you. And you're wearing, as you say, um, the top that took you around the country. Um, when you do <laughs> interviews like this it's very easy to say well what was the best what was the worst what do you think of non-league what about non-league now I suppose I should just read your column in the non-league paper when did you get that?
1: Yeah I got that um, I can be very specific I was in a pub in North Therapy and I got a text from the editor saying do you want to write some crap for our for our paper so I knew the editor through um, I used to work on a poker magazine and he sort of worked in the same office on, on a different gambling magazine so We've been on trips to Vegas and stuff, so I, I kind of know where the, where the bodies are buried, so uh, he gave mm. me as much work as I wanted. Yeah, that was uh, Alex Neri and then he hand, handed over to Matt Badcock, and I just said, can I keep writing this column? And I said yes. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got to right one this week, actually. I'm, r- I'm running out of things to say about um, the non-existence of non-league football. Mm. Our league is, is obviously now null and void. Yes, so, um,
0: it's just come through today, hasn't it?
1: Uh, I think they said it. Has it been ratified today or... I think the FA need to ratify it then some people are appealing it and it's just, it's just tiresome Yeah, well, I think we played something like 17 games with second in the league and they said oh that's it but I did actually get to a few games I got press passes for I think I went to the playoff in the summer was the weirdest thing I was Ooh, the only yeah. fan at, at Ultragame it was like um, what's that Charles Neston film Omega Man which is like the last man on earth it was just, <laughs> it's the most surreal experience I am just stood behind the goal on my own in the smock supporting my team uh, As the only Chester fan there. Jesus. And then, I, uh, yeah, I've, I've done a few games, Boston, Brackley. Or did I? I mean, if they're null and void, have I been to Boston's new ground? Can I take it off? Officially, the game never happened. It's a great quandary from, if you can get some spotters on to, t- to tell me if that game happened and, and I, have I been to that ground.
0: Well, I know Paul I Hatt. Mean, I... Paul Hat is in charge of the Northern League. You may know Paul. He also, he was the first person I spoke to uh, because he, in his spare time, reviews a lot of football books. But Paul is involved in the Northern League, so certainly okay. he'll be able to tell you. Um, but yes, I, I checked 17 games, 28 points. National League North beat Hereford five games to three, lost to Marine in the fourth qualifying round.
1: Never a penalty.
0: I'm sure it wasn't.
1: Well, that should have been us. That should have been us playing Spurs and set up for the next 20 years.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, that. well, that's... Isn't that a damning indictment of football as a whole, the fact that one match can change your entire
1: fortune? Yeah, I, I, just, I did squeeze a column out of that and obviously got abused by Marine fans. Yes, wasn't well, yes, the headline exactly. something like,
0: we are all Marine? Or...
1: Uh, well, I think it was, that should have been... I don't write the headlines. They always okay. go for a sort of tabloid approach. I think it was, that should have been us, or we was robbed or something. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, I mean, it was you know, a we was robbed piece, yeah.
1: They got a dodgy penalty. We had a goal disallowed. I mean, you flip those, you know, we, we cruise to the next few rounds. Give Spurs a good game. Money in the bank. But, um, you know... Yes, of course. You say, yeah, it's also quite football. Football is an, uh, just a, a sequence of entirely random events, really, isn't it? It's amazing people put so much trust in it.
0: I think that it's because we, we want to believe that it isn't luck. It's clearly luck. It was luck that Manuel Almunia saved the penalty and that it fell to Anya and it fell to Forestieri and it got on Hogshead and Troy Deeney scored the goal that all Watford fans will remember. Watford's my team...
1: Um, yeah, no, yeah. I think I was at the game that preceded that. I've got a friend of mine who's a Watford fan who drags me down there. He's just texted me. Oh, who is it? He texted me. It's uh, a guy called Shane. Uh, you wouldn't know. Him. He said he said to tell you he's the nephew of Ross Jenkins, which I don't think is true. Is that some seventy striker?
0: Ross Jenkins was our big number nine who played with Luther Blissett and <laughs> came up the leagues. That sound, I He's never
1: mentioned this before. I think he's just made that up. (laughs) Um, There was a game before against Leeds, wasn't it, where the goalkeeper was injured for 15 minutes. And the fact you didn't win that game meant that that playoff game took place. Am I right?
0: Absolutely right. Uh, Almunia injured himself in the warm-up. John Bond, who's now at LA, came in, collided with Anya, and Jack Bonham came on, and we were pushing and pushing at the end, and in the end, Ross McCormack scored an equaliser, and that... Condemned us to the playoff against Leicester, who three years later won the Premier League. Had Watford not beaten Leicester in the semi finals, Leicester wouldn't have won the league. Again, much like yeah. Chester FC exactly. and Marine. Jamie
1: Vardy would probably stood, you know be back at Fleetwood or something.
0: Oh, well, would he be playing football at all? Yeah, let's go there, actually. Vardy's w- a good w-
1: w- one. The- I the Jamie Vardy movie. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you- I- I mean- yeah. <laughs> People get so excited. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's a Jackie Weaver biopic coming oh. up, I think. With Meryl Streep? But, you know, I mean, the Wheelstone Raider never really had his uh, Hollywood moment. Hey,
0: I've got, I've got a story about the Wheelstone Raider. Um, and God. it's not that I was at Wheelstone and saw him. Gordon is his name. Um, but right? I was watching a game with Dad. Uh, I think it was Blackburn. And I heard this voice and it felt very familiar. I turned around and it was him. And Dad went, who? Who? I think it's the Wildstone Raider. You've got no fans. Um, but apparently, yeah, Wildstone is, as you may know, my local non-league team. It's the closest non-league team closest to me. Do you admire how they are run? How are they run? Well, expertly. No financial problems. They take players on loan from Norwich and Watford and bigger clubs, and they're up in the National League Prem at the moment. Are
1: they, are they, are they above us, are they? Yeah. They're like, that's obsessing. They're they even in the South.
0: But, yep, uh, they came from National South, but they're now Prem, yeah. but
1: you. I came... mean, you know, we'll, we'll be back.
0: <laughs> but you are, at the moment, you're playing teams like Kidderminster Harriers, Leamington, Curzon, Ashton. Um, yeah. But, of course, you must have been to several professional football clubs because Chester used to be an elite team.
1: Well, exactly, yeah. When I first started going, well, we were... Um... By my very first season, we finished 92nd in the Football League. Uh-huh. In, the, in the days when you didn't get relegated, it was, um, what was it called, re-election? Yeah, so you <laughs>
0: survived.
1: So the, so the chairman will get together, I just assume it's, you know, whiskey and cigars. Yep. And on. We vote for you, Darlow, yep. Halifax, yep. Chester, we go again. I mean, who, who's going to, you know, Turkey's voting for Christmas. No, no one's going to vote anyone out early. No. Just because of the repercussions. I think, it, I think, what, working to them have voted out. In the 50s or 60s, so it's probably one of the only teams. So, yeah, we, we stayed up, and uh, I think in my third season, we got promoted. So, yeah, I, was, I spent a solid seven years in what would have been the third division. Gosh. So, yeah, you know, playing, playing big teams, you, you, your Sunderlands of this world, etc.
0: Was Ian Rush uh, part of that Chester side?
1: Yeah, no, I just missed Rush. Rush left in 1980 to Liverpool for 300000 which paid for the new stand, which kind of ultimately bankrupted the club, is one theory. Hmm. Yeah, he, he was tasty. I think he only had one season, but yeah, he, he was obviously uh, too good for us.
0: No, that's how I've heard of Chester. It's the birthplace of Ian Rush. And when you look at the sticker, the football sticker, uh, Chester
1: he is wasn't born, He wasn't born there. Had he been born there, he could have played for England. Uh, his, parents, his parents insisted that he was born in Wales, I think. Oh,
0: of course.
1: Which uh, is a great shame, yeah.
0: It's, how, how far is it to the Welsh border from Chester?
1: Uh, the the, the state, most of the stadium is in Wales right. tragically there was a rumour that you could take a corner in England and score in Wales which I think has been debunked the border goes through the bar I think through the office... But the office is in England, hence it's still English Club. I mean, it's farcical. i i would just say move the border. I might, that might be my next column. I'm going to start a campaign. I mean, borders are entirely imaginary anyway. Can <laughs> we just... We'll give you a piece of Shropshire in return. Can we just have the entire ground in England just, just to stop the arguments?
0: As long as... Uh, because Giles Corrin's editor used to say, as long as you get onto the food by when you turn the page, you can do what you want. So you could spend 400 right. words... About borders, and then say, "Talking of borders, national league, what a mess!"
1: Yeah, when we go away, people uh, we go to like places like Guiseley, and they start the whole sheep, sheep, sheep shaggers. Mm. Literally, literally, I was stood looking at sheep. <laughs> you stood in the way in a Guiseley, you can actually see sheep surrounding you, which is uh, quite ironic.
0: Is Guiseley in the Midlands?
1: Like, no, is in Yorkshire. Oh, uh, okay. So it's, it's basically Leeds. But yeah, the other teams like to wind us up by deliberately. Pretending that we're Welsh, or, or you know, actually getting it wrong, or pretending to get it wrong to annoy us.
0: Your Twitter but account you, is Hilly the Fish. Uh, there's a post where you say it's now been a year since your last match, lost four two, and woke up at King's Cross.
1: Does this happen often? In a, in a mess. Yes, yeah, that's my last proper match with fans. Yeah, that would have been York away, February the first. Uh, yeah, that's a good two, old-fashioned
0: takes, fixture. Sorry, York against Chester.
1: Yeah, a beautiful fixture. The booth. And, uh, president. The, president. the last game? No, no more. Yeah. I've, I've been to so many last games I think I did three last ever games there. They finally have moved out, haven't they? Yes. I think, did, did they play one game at their new stadium before the league went null and void, I think? Oh, no.
0: But what does it mean for the for Chester FC that the league is null and void? How awful is it?
1: Well, you kind of... I mean, we've been there before. We went out of business at Chester City. But, um, but it's just... It just seemed an absolute waste of everyone's time and effort. I mean, all those those games, you know, they were done with sanitation and masks and and so much effort being put in by uh, volunteers for nothing. I mean, if you're going to start something, surely you've got to provide funds to finish it. The the argument is that um, there's an argument over there's £10 million or something, which the government suddenly went, oh, no, we meant a loan. And What? No, we thought you meant a grant. And then no, nobody had written anything down, it turns <gasps> out. So it turns out there was a meeting where no minutes were taken. Idiots! <laughs> so it's their word, you know, it's two people's words against each other. So I think they gave him a grant for the first three months, and we're thinking, well, you know, assume that the next grant will be coming. And they went, no, 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 this one's alone. I mean, clubs can't take on that. I think we're not even legally allowed to go into debt as, as a fan and club.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But yeah. Well, Chester voted, despite being second in the league, Chester voted to null and void it just to survive, really. Yeah, so that no, one can, no one can say, you know, oh, well, you're doing it to avoid relegation. But there is no relegation because if the league's below us down you, you can't get relegation anywhere.
0: Something has to happen with the period. Yeah, it's an absolute mess. I don't, know, some, I don't know what, but something has to happen.
1: There's still talk at the moment of the clubs that want to play on forming a kind of mini-league. No. I mean, what do you take your points with you or do you, do you just guess what would have happened? I mean, that's, that's just unworkable. I mean, surely it's got to be all or nothing. But only we're so close, there could be found in stadiums by the end of this season. We'd just held on for a few months. I'd, I'd even argue for a winter break. Give us some money, push on it, and then play it in a summer even. Play it around Euro 2020. Imagine, hmm. that. Imagine going to see your team and then piling in the bar to watch an England game. You know, I can't see it
0: happening. Imag- yes.
1: Connor Wilson's just, just put another frame on the board, sorry.
0: Go no, that's absolutely fine. So how, how many is he ahead
1: by... He is now five-two and a race to six.
0: They blew up Looking Kyron like. Wilson's face because I think he'd won the shootout in 2018 and he was defending his title. So he's—I know he's one of the best.
1: Okay, but blew shoot up his face?
0: They, well, they—they they had him in the window with the oh, I see. the window. Oh, of the God, policy. It was
1: an amazing. Amazing description of him recently. I can't remember who said it. He says, he's half half Brent, half Finchy.
0: Brilliant. So he made sure
1: cross cross between David Brent and oh, Chris that's, Finch that's fantastic. From, from the Office. And you look at it and it's like one of those magic eye things. It just drifts between them.
0: (laughs) Actually, I'll tell you the best anecdote from my time at the snooker shootout, which we will talk about more in the the second half. Jimmy White was playing and I was serving in the bar area. They'd shut off the cafe bar and made it the player's lounge. So you'd see people just going there, warming up. And Jimmy White was there and he had a very young woman, possibly girlfriend, possibly agent. When I say daughter. <laughs> Possibly daughter. I think it was the daughter who was doled up excessively and she was spotting for him. And I don't think Jimmy White missed, but I did. I think I served him a glass of water. Uh, that's uh, right, Jimmy right, right. White, six-time world runner-up. He uh,
1: yeah, it, it, it doesn't seem bothered. It upsets me more than him, I think, that you yeah. never won it. But yeah, I've, I've interviewed Jimmy a few times. He actually turned up for a couple of them. That's pretty good. Um, Yep. I think it is. In, I think Maya mentioned this from the book. I once interviewed him in Spearmint Rhino because, you know, it, was, and it wasn't even the 90s, it was the early 2000s. And um, I was, somehow I had to play a game of pool with him. So we found a pool table across the road. He said, I'll come if I can take her and her and, and the limo. So like, Jimmy, we're not going really to do a U turn on Tottenham Court Road. Yeah. So I managed to convince him to cross the road with a dolly bird on each arm. And then uh, he just had to nip to the toilet to speak to his solicitor before the photo shoot. And uh, and I beat him at pool. And uh,
0: I've been out uh, anecdoted. He,
1: he, I, I think he said I, I let you win.
0: Yeah, he always does that. He says that to Stephen Hendry as well in the nineties. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, let, let Hendry win six times.
0: Can I just check? Is it true you can see Wembley Stadium from your house?
1: Absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, Not from this room, from from my bedroom and the bathroom and the downstairs, yeah. I am a short trip
0: on the London overground away. I'm near Watford Junction Station. Are you close to Stonebridge Park or North Wembley?
1: No, nearest station is uh, Kensal Rise. Oh, cool. Wilson Wilson Junction is walkable, yeah. Oh Yeah, Uh, yeah, the the arch is is like a beacon. In the book, there's (laughs) there's a moment where uh, I was about to watch highlights of Coventry in the playoffs... And went for a slash and saw the Wembley Arches lit up in sky blue. And all oh, right, I wonder who's going to win that then. <laughs> it's it the, the, the weirdest spoiler ever. Yeah. So, so literally, it's to like to a, a likely lad scenario. To avoid having the highlights ruined, I have to, I have to shield myself from what colour the Wembley Arches <laughs> if there's been a big game on.
0: That is, bright. but again, I've been w- lucky enough to be to Wembley a lot of times because Dad got a debonship. So I've seen Wayne Rooney score for England. I was at the Wigan Man City FA Cup final. Uh, and then separately to the Devonshire, I was at the Watford-Wolves game, which is...
1: 2-0 down, 3-2 up, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, Delafeu, who is now at Udinese, uh, that was his finest hour. And Troy Deeney with the penalty. But yes, yeah. my my favourite game is um, at Wembley, Watford beating Bolton in 1999. Did you watch that game, May 31st, 99? Graham Taylor, we'd beaten Birmingham on penalties in the semis.
1: Hey, which Wembley then, old Wembley? Uh,
0: yes, Twin Towers, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I've obviously, obviously been to both. Yeah, I've seen a lot of England games at Wembley. There was randomly, uh, a Chester hooligan used to give, send me his tickets because he couldn't be bothered to go to home games. He just wanted to get get the points so he could go on tear-ups in Europe. So I spent a few seasons just going to England games on my own. It was just so dull. I would just put the commentary on it. It was just like, like having an enormous 3D television.
0: I was at the game... But- when fans would throw paper planes onto the pitch, this was the oh, Barney yeah, yeah. wrote about this in his book.
1: I mean, that's just that's not fun, is it? I mean, no. you know, people say, "How can you watch non-league football?" But nobody throws paper planes at non-league football. If, you know, if you're bored, you just go to the bar.
0: Yes, at Wheeled stands, but I've been to a few and, non-league grounds. It's slightly
1: more affordable. The, the, mm. Which I think I, I took my son to see Spurs because he thinks he supports Spurs. And just just the money they take off you at Wembley, you just you feel like you're being burgled. Yeah. That's it's the just, price. It's like a, it's like a It's like a different country. It's, as soon as you, you've zapped yourself in, astonishing. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's there. It's there as a beacon of uh, of my failure because Chester, one of the few teams, well, I was going to say one of the few teams in the league, not in the league, anymore, uh, to have never played there. At one point, there were something like five or six teams who had never played there, and um, we still haven't played there. Tragically, I, I drove past it recently. It was a, an absolute treat in the car for the first time this year. Went for a McDonald's drive-through at um, Brown Park. And I made my son promise that if Chester ever get to Wembley in his lifetime, he'd go and support them. And pretty much made myself cry. Oh. Uh, but um, yeah, we could get, you know, a quick FA trophy run when we're there. The year <laughs> ends in one. Well, uh,
0: this is hey. this is different from, from what you say on the bump to the card, every match, every mile. £13 of Ockley, the great Ockley books, uh, spurning parental duties. Has your son forgiven you for writing this book?
1: Yeah, I mean, he did come along to a few games towards the end, I think. He's got his picture in the book, so he's quite pleased about that. Yeah, there were a lot of morning I would just just get up at, God knows, 8 o'clock Saturday mornings and be gone 50 times in a row. I mean, yeah, you could call it neglect, but... um,
0: No, it's not neglect.
1: T- 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 technically, it's work. If I'm writing a book is working, isn't it? Yeah, you could. It's, it's not even going to work every day, except it's only, only once or twice a week got a Tuesday night uh,
0: it's not neglect yeah, I mean, if it's taxable. The question that I've written down is: Did it not feel like you were in a glam rock band on a tour of the UK's toilet venues in
1: 1972? Yeah, it is. Uh, well, this was the national league. This was the you know the the, the top league of non-league when I did it. But uh, yeah, you still kind of off the map. Where, what kind of places did we get to? Uh, I mean, yeah, you Dover's. That's you know mm. people have heard of that. Uh, Wrexham. Uh, that's not mentioned. Nope. Braintree, Tree. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I know you say, yeah, they're, they're not the big venues, are they?
0: No, they're not it's your not Manchester's Wem- or your. Brent it's not Kuss. Wembley
1: Arena. No. Forest Green Rovers. No, that must Red have been Ridge. fun.
0: Forest Green must have been fun with the vegan. Yeah, but things. I,
1: I've been there a few times. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's, it's uh, to be middle aged about it. It's a nice drive, a nice drive out, nice bit of scenery. <laughs> you, can, you can stop off at a few nice pubs. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so. That's I think we always lose. I think we've lost like, nine games in a row to Forest Green. They're just, I just—I say they're our bogey team. They're one of many bogey teams, mm. but uh, they're flying now. Yeah, annoying. I because mean, that place—it's it's a village. Yeah. It's a village near near Stroud. I mean, where's Stroud for starters? It's not—it's not even Stroud. It's it's Nailsworth. Yeah, it's, it's up a hill. I mean, let's use the village. It's like a butchers a bakers. Where's the football ground up that very steep hill? Ooh. I think they moved it. They moved it a couple of hundred yards, and now they're planning an, an all-wooden yep. stadium on off the M4.
0: Yep. I'm hopeful um, to speak yep. to Dale because I.
1: Mean, I, I mean no, no, no smoking, actually. No. <laughs> I mean, it's not urgent. Well oh, I don't
0: I know it. because if, fan, if only 200 fans at a time are allowed in, my mum's MP in Hartsmere is Ollie Dowden, who is in charge of the sports department. So you'll have oh, to. Oh,
1: right. I'll have to Can go you to his office. Please tell him to. Can you tell him to give us £10 million retrospectively so we can continue the league that we started?
0: I think he knows a guy who knows a guy, i.e. the health secretary knows a guy. But no politics. Um, uh,
1: no, don't, don't start me. What's Bangkok,
0: your favourite service station?
1: Well, I mean, these, these aren't on the tour. Obviously, your, your T-Bays and your Gloucesters are the elite level. You don't really get very near those. What's, what's the road you pay? The M6 toll? Yeah. Nord, is it Norton Cane? Very busy. People seem to go there as a day out. They pay the toll so they can go to that service station. Right. Uh, but least, least favourite, Stafford, I think. There's a water feature at Stafford that quite often not even switched on. I think they switch it off after, after a certain time.
0: Yes, because probably they know that people are going to fall Which into... Which
1: is disrespectful to evening drivers. We, we, was, might want to see a water feature as much as anyone in the day. I
0: agree. Uh, but I suppose that's the, because it's on the M1. So it's the main arterial road
1: you just spend a lot of time uh, eating ginsters in service stations. Yep. Watching it, As I'm sure you know. yeah, I mean, you know, the diet on the card was was horrific. I did. I did put on about two stone over the course of the season. Well,
0: you should have walked up the Forest Green Nailsworth Hill a bit more.
1: Yeah, Christ, been... a couple of hundred laps of that.
0: So, so um, it's Tuesday. Were you living a Tuesday Saturday life?
1: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's 50 games you squeeze in. It's an intense league. I think you, you start in August, I think something like eight or nine games in August. And it is largely Saturday, Tuesday, uh, a bit of Christmas thrown in. I think that there were, luckily, there were no postponements when I did the card. I, there, was, there was no game where I had to turn around and come back. Wow. So that's, that was obviously the bane of uh, particularly at this level. Yeah. I mean, I've probably been to God knows a handful of postponed games. Was it Braintree? We
0: to, was it Braintree that had to play about ten games in two days because of all the postponements? That their happened?
1: pitch was just yeah. The pitch was almost underwater for a, a part of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they, they were playing that every other day. We were driving to Plymouth for a postponed game, once phoning them every fifteen minutes. Yep, still on, <laughs> still on. Get there. shit just empty. Up, thanks. Just to turn around. But even uh, even recently, there was a game. The game at Eastleigh, which is not too bad for me, that's that's right on the south coast. It's basically Southampton Airport. Got into the car park. Uh, The Chester fan of Vega now had just driven from Chester. And I'd had the news, I just told him to the car when the game's off. He didn't didn't even get out of the car. (laughs) He just drove back to Chester. Yeah. Five hours each way because their their pitch was a a slightly flooded part of their pitch. I mean, horrendous.
0: How do you get from uh, Wilsdon? To Chester, is it M five?
1: No, M M one M six. I go H forty one on the way up. So hey. I went through. Kind of, this is this kind of uh, the murder road, as I call it. It's one of the, the bleakest roads in Britain. Just clearly, just bodies buried everywhere. That, uh, yeah, M forty or M one. We do love a bit of motorway chat. M forty or M one, almost interchangeable. But um, when, when, I did, um, when I did the card, I had I had a driver who is known as the driver. So how the card came about, I've been getting a lift off this same guy for about 15 years mm-hmm. and uh, about four days before that season started, the 16th, seventeen season, he texted me and said, oh, by the way, we've decided to move to France. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no suggestion of how I'm supposed to get to the games. So I think that, that's what um, planted the seed. It's like, well, let, let's just do every single game and there's a final hurrah. So kind of every season, I sort of say, well, I'm obviously going to do every game this season and it gets to September and clearly it falls apart. But um. We actually pushed through, yeah, as a kind of tribute for his last... He didn't do every game, but it was his last season. Basically, my last chance to do it, other than drive myself, which would be less fun.
0: And how is he finding France?
1: Well, he's a, he's a lunatic. He supports Bordeaux as well. And um, in his first season, he did La Carte avec Bordeaux. He went to every single Bordeaux game from a base in the south of France, which is a whole other kind of undertaking. I mean, that's, that's bordering on... A, mentally ill I think <laughs> it can be said that's changed. just not um, that's not right I'm using like 24 hour journeys
0: and this was the season where the Cowleys took Lincoln back into the football league and they ran away could you tell when you saw them
1: yeah I, I hurled some abuse at Danny Cowley at a Lincoln game on Tuesday night I <laughs> think I called him a P.E. prick because he used to be a P.E. teacher yeah. not, not my finest moment but there was a sending off an altercation I met him at the, the uh, non-league awards a few months later and I uh, Absolutely charming, of course. But,
0: yes, I think yeah, he I was it. one of the, if not the, non-league managers of all time. When, they, when he when, had to be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you had the... Because I bought that issue of the non-league paper with the pull-out of the anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Danny Cowley came across very well. Did you see Wayne oh. Shaw eating a pie when you went to Sutton?
1: It was around that time, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think I think it already happened. I think we went to Sutton quite late in the season. When we were just getting thrashed every week, I think I think we lost there five two. But well, the two goals we scored were quite actually quite crucial. Yeah, that was a big story, wasn't it, for a while? I mean, you know, the Wayne Shaw biopic should be coming out any minute soon.
0: I think it's a double it? bill: Jamie Vardy, <laughs> or, or it'll be the same film, kind of like Blood Brothers. Wayne Shaw goes one way. Jamie, have you read Jamie Vardy's book, by the way?
1: I don't go anywhere near that, that sort of thing.
0: I I only say that because. I use that as a bar for autobiographies. He has had a very charmed life. But if it's better than Vardy, it goes into the football library as a memoir. I don't imagine you've read many memoirs.
1: Of- yeah, well, the main one I read was uh, Tony Cascarino's. Ah, yes. and, um I can't get past that. It was so good. Again, I picked it up in an extremely random um, method. Uh, I got it in a goodie bag for a poker tournament that I actually won. The pro celebrity tournament that obviously Cascarino was playing i won the tournament on a safari in africa and thought Look, I, I just can't be doing that can i just have some money and they just gave me an envelope full of 50 pound notes that i just <laughs> spending money for about a year Brilliant. And I, obviously read the, I read the book and then interviewed cascarino on the back of it in a casino and after the interview and fancy a steak steve so i had a, had a steak dinner in a casino Look, with you've, Cascarino. You've got to
0: stop with these well, anecdotes. because where are,
1: we go- <laughs> where are we going with this? A uh, lovely guy. Yeah. yeah. That, that book, though, I mean, it's... You think being a footballer is great and you read that and it's like, Jesus Christ, it's just grinding misery, a lot of it.
0: Do you want to, just before we break for half time, know. do you want to hear my Cascarino anecdote? Go. I was going to work in London Bridge, got off... Um, everyone came off the tube saw that he was sitting down because he was obviously on the way to the talk sports studio in London Bridge. I didn't say anything to him because what do you say to Tony Cascarino at eight in the morning? That's not what he wants. So you sort
1: of respectfully nod, I think. I respectfully well, you
0: could declined me, to you engage. Could
1: have you could have said you were never eligible to play for the Republic of Ireland, Tony. <laughs> I put it to you that those goals never happen. Has,
0: has anyone ever called you a plastic paddy? Uh, but no, no. But full time is it's in the football library, and and that's one of the books. Uh, also in the football library, the card, every match, every mile.